What's up, guys? This is Ron Wyndham with the Not So Small Talk podcast. Uh, wow, what a podcast uh, we just got done recording. Uh, if you uh, listen to this podcast regularly, we do a lot of uh, sports, you know, movies, pop culture type stuff, and we wanted to change it up a little bit. We did a uh, looking back at your 20s a couple months ago. Um, it was all Academy guys. And so it was uh, suggested that we do a looking into your 30s, uh, projecting you know the next decade or so for, for most of, of my friends and most of the people that come on this pod. And so that's what we did. Uh, I posed a couple questions that were just you know a skeleton really trying to initiate conversation, but I, I really didn't need it with this group. Um, we had a couple guys from the academy. Uh, a friend from high school and then you know a once boss slash mentor and now uh, a best friend uh, that is uh, in his 40s so he brought a little bit of perspective to some of the young pups Um, but like I said I I really didn't need uh, the outline questions Uh, these 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 men that were on this podcast are uh, beyond their years of maturity and just perspective and willingness to kind of go there and be open and be vulnerable um, which I know um, for me, even in you know my own relationships in life is hard. And so just the fact that you know men that are like um, were able to get on a podcast and kind of kind of go there and have open conversations is pretty damn cool. So um, I'm blown be uh, I'm blown away um, by uh, by the depths that we got to and the conversations that we had. Uh, we went a little bit over in terms of time. I think we hit like an hour and thirty. And so I don't want some of the conversations that we had at the end of the pod to get lost. So what I'm going to do is actually break this uh, up into a part one and part two. And so uh, obviously this will be part one and then we'll we'll look at releasing part two maybe next week or something like that. So um, with that, uh, music for the day is Drake. It's uh, pretty representative. Uh, We did the 20s podcast. This is the 30 podcast. So... We kind of started from the bottom, and now we're here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. All right, I'm on. You're on. All right, what's up, fellas? What's going on? What's going on? Chilling. Okay. Um... So I gotta admit, I'm pretty, I'm pretty anxious and nervous about this podcast. <laughs> this is, me too. Yeah, me you, too. You've been geeked about this for the past, I don't know, 28 hours. <laughs> well, when we did the uh, podcast back at Zeke's wedding, we did a looking back at your 20s, and I always plan to do a kind of looking forward to your 30s. And I think I just kind of put it off, and then Luke brought it up, <clears> and it kind of got me back reinvigorated. So here we are, but putting this together. I see so many ways this could go bad, and I just, <laughs> I'm just hoping, I was, I was hoping we could, we can keep it somewhat PG thirteen. Ron, can we edit this? No, I don't think so. <laughs> One, because I think that's bad for content, and two, it just doesn't have the capabilities in this app. So <laughs> keep, keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, with that, um, yeah, I think it'd be good if we did a little bit of intros. Um, so obviously. Uh, most people know me, all my 15 listeners, max capacity on this podcast, but it's all good. Um, so just turned 30. 
engaged, getting about to get married in May, no kids. So I think that's a good start. Uh, Luke, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah. So David Lucas, uh, 29. I'll be 30 next month. Just got married July 13th. And we have a two-year-old, two-year-old boy, Christian. Nate? Yeah, uh, Nate Christian, 29. I'll be 30 next April. Um, been married for three years. And I have a... Uh, I have a one and a half, well, twenty-one month old. <clears throat> at what at what age do you stop saying the months? That's a good thing. To say. I think it's two, two, yeah. it's two. two, So bro. twenty two. twenty-one month old and uh, one month old baby girl. <laughs> All right, Corey. All right, so my name's uh, Corey Bennett. I just turned thirty back in March. Uh, I'll be married two years next month in September, and I uh, got a baby boy due any day now. Nice. All right. Congrats. And bringing up the rear, last but not least, Jay. What thing is not common here, Ron? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to figure out why I'm on this podcast. Age after beauty, baby. (laughs) All right. So Jason Hansen, 44, trying to figure out why I'm on this podcast. (laughs) Folks turning 30. Wisdom. We need the wisdom. (laughs) We need the wisdom. Set up for failure. Uh, Married 22 almost years. Uh, three kids, 21, 14, and 12, all boys. Yeah. Yeah, for a little bit more context. So Luke and Nate and I went to college together at the academy, and then uh, I grew up and went to high school with Corey. And then Jay was was uh, one of my first bosses in the, in the Air Force and now uh, a best friend. So uh, a mentor and confidant and et cetera, et cetera. So. A yeah. pretty diverse and unique group. So I think this should be a good conversation. Um, with that, Luke, do you want to just kind of talk about the inspiration, uh, kind of what your thoughts were and your mindset when you do this conversation, and then that we can just kind of kick it off from there? Yeah, so I guess the inspiration for me, um, I've been interacting with quite a few young men, uh, people around our age, probably 20 and up, that, you know, they follow the relationship that Jen and I have had uh, on Instagram or Facebook, and they kind of see the high points, and they think that everything is perfect. So they saw the wedding pictures. They inquire. They ask questions about, you know, how do you deal with temptation? How do you keep the relationship going? Um, you know, how how are you guys surviving, and and how is your relationship thriving? And it just got me thinking that you know, Instagram, like most things, it shows the highlights of relationships and life, but behind those pictures, you know, they don't see how we got to that point. So I just kind of thought that it would be a good idea to just have a real conversation with uh, like men that have made the same journey that I have and kind of tell our stories and our truth and kind of get it out there so that, you know, we can, I don't leave something for for the younger men to digest and, you know, uh, take it for what it is and, and use that and move on and, and hopefully apply it to their lives. So that was kind of my inspiration behind this podcast. Okay. Uh, that was – that's definitely one of the questions, you know, you and I texted. Um, just – I think that can be kind of our, our, our springboard is, 
yeah. you know, dealing with social media and relationships. And so knowing all you guys, um, I think we all deal with it differently um, and have different strategies. Uh, I'll kind of kick it off. Um, I always talked and I've talked about with Jackie um, and we haven't gotten to that point and it's not because we haven't talked about it again or it's still not our strategy, but at some point, um, I definitely think that I want to have combined social medias. Um, I kind of go in and out of the social media thing. Sometimes it's, it's more of just trying to unplug or feel like I'm on it too much. Uh, I really don't feel like, and just being honest with you guys, I, I really don't feel like I have any temptation or, um, you know, like the grass is greener. Uh, just because I really, I really understand, I, I guess I've come to understand that Instagram or, you know, Facebook and any of that stuff, it's just a Snapchat or a snapshot of the best points in people's lives. And so, you know, I think once you get to a certain age and not saying that I'm at a certain age where I have all the wisdom, but I think we've been through enough like trials and tribulations that we know that there's a lot of. Um, work that goes into those getting to those types of Kodak moments and so I, I think it's really easy for me to just kind of keep in the forefront of my mind that hey take it for what it is and like I'm really invested into my relationship so I think that helps me kind of keep myself grounded and just look at it try to be mature about what the platform is and what it's used for but um, I still I still believe that social media is is a um it can be a link or a weak link in the chain. And so when you're going through stuff, it's always there and someone can always hit you or hit your, your significant other at the right moment. And it's a temptation. And so I think as mature adults or one thing, Jackie as a mature adult is just to limit those opportunities. Uh, so it's not so much that I think, you know, it's the individual person, it's me or Jackie that has that need or that desire to do that. But it's more of just trying to limit opportunities. You know, it's you can drive safe and be the safest driver, but you can't predict all the all the strange things that can happen. So I think just limiting those and just protecting your relationship. I think one of my goals is to eventually have, you know, pretty much all combined Defe uh, social media accounts. Defensive driving. Defensive driving. That's <laughs> exactly right. I'll kind of I'll kind of chime in and just say um i think as i'm listening to this very first question i'm realizing that a lot of my answers will probably stem back to like similar things um when it comes to relationships and it's gonna be it's very cliche but it's like for rachel and i i think trust is ultimately just the main thing that you can have in a relationship and then, and then comfortability that the other person also trusts you, not just trusting them, but knowing that they trust you. So like for Rachel and I, when it comes to, to social medias or being out at a club or, you know, going on a TDY or something like that, I don't think that the thought ever crosses either one of our minds, not necessarily like, Ooh, I may go out here and see something, but more so. I know that person is not going to go out there and see anything because it's, it's just not even in the realm of possibilities mm. because the trust is there. And so the, the foundation of just the relationship, I, I think social media is, is a, is an amazing thing for all, for, for a number of different things in, in life, whether you're in a relationship or not, but it's going to be tougher on certain people and certain relationships based on the positions that they're in 
at the the moment in time that they're in those relationships. So like Rachel and I, it's not a it's not a thing. I don't really envision it becoming a thing. Um, and so she could do, you know, she could have nine Instagrams and I would be okay. Um, and, and I think it'd be, the, you know, I'd be facetious, but I think it'd be the same for me and, um, you know, trust. Yeah. You know, I think to that same point though. So for myself, I've been off social media for a while, actually five years, maybe, maybe almost six years off Facebook. So that predates me and Courtney being together. Um, I got off that just for kind of what Ron alluded to, spending too much time on it, kind of disconnected, and then realized I didn't need it as much as I uh, probably as I thought I did. Instagram was a different story, admittedly. So uh, Courtney and I, like I said, have been together about five years, roughly, married almost two. I, not that I was, you know, chatting to other chicks or like reaching out or doing anything sketchy like that but the people I was following or the stuff that I was looking at you know being 25 sure it almost elicited that mistrust between her and I not that anything was ever done or pursued but you know from the outside looking in perception I think is a big key for Instagram Facebook and all the other social media outlets so like for her it was you know if you're looking at this or doing this and it was kind of misguided trust. That was my fault, you know, for bringing that into our relationship. And so I finally just said, you know, to hell with it, canceled my Instagram. A lot of folks, Ron included, came back to me and were like, yo, why Courtney make you get off Instagram? And I was like, dude, that, it was all me. Like, I realized at that point that, you know, following this chick or looking at this wasn't worth, you know, bringing that kind of shit into our relationship. And I've been off of it ever since. And Honestly, it's changed so much, but I have no desire to to go back at all. I this here, this is Nate again. I, and I I don't know you guys other than David and and uh, Ron from John, but I would like to challenge the question from five years ago: What makes that your fault that there's mistrust there? Unless unless you have. Um, ill intent at the pictures you're looking at you kind of get what i'm saying that so what makes that your fault if there's nothing that's going to happen there maybe fault was probably the wrong word to use there so i guess fault by lack of a better word but more or less like i don't even know i truly don't know how instagram works anymore but when i was on it's probably the same as where it would be like oh Corey like this Corey like this Corey like this and if it wasn't this is when we first started dating it was you know, this chick A, then this chick B, and this chick C. It was like, yeah. And honestly, looking back, I was like, oh shit, I was that probably douchey, self-centered twenty-five-year-old, still so, following all these chicks when Instagram was still pretty new. And not that it was mistrust, or that she didn't trust me, but I could see how that sows seeds of doubt. Like, well, sure. things are going so well with us, and you know, why is he doing this, or is he interested in that? Am I not Perce- enough? Perception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And and so it wasn't that like. She thought I was, you know, going to go out on her or I was looking to find a better option, but that's how it was perceived, right? And, right. So- and to, to put that into context a little bit, you know, you, you said the, you made the point that now at this point is something that you've been, you've been so disconnected from, there's really no desire. But, you know, I think the big difference and I can definitely say for me is now that, you know, I'm entering into marriage when you're dating, you're not deleting like barstool sports. You're not deleting like smoking hot chicks of the week or something. Right. But I think 
once you get into like a marriage, you're not following those things anymore. And you're not right. liking those pictures because that's just disrespectful to your wife. Yep. Agreed. And so I think even if you got it back, you're, the way that you would use social media and the things that you would like would be completely different than your 25-year-old self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Ron, so this is Jay. So you, I'm, I'm thinking through what you mentioned about, you know, long-term plans for you guys in terms of having a joint account. And so that's obviously something me and Kendall currently have. So, right, we're old school, so we have Facebook and we have a joint Facebook, but we both individually have individual Instagram accounts. As a person who's been married 20 plus years, we've gone through numerous things that Ron and I have shared where you use those platforms for different things. And we all do, right? At different phases of your life, you're using those to promote certain things, whether you realize you're doing it or not, you are promoting something. It's whatever you're thinking, looking at the the constant hot thing of the moment. And what I would just inject back to, and I don't know who it was that kind of threw out the challenge there is going through some of those challenges in our marriage, it created a gateway that I don't care how you slice it, makes your relationship more vulnerable. It's whether it's you know, texts that are numbers that are hidden, whether it's Instagram, Snapchat, I don't care what the, the social media is, the more avenues for discrete communication introduces right. more opportunities. So Ron, I just throw it back at you. You know, you're, you're engaged now thinking about this. What is the right time to make that move? And again, I'm biased. I've been through this. I think joint accounts are the way to go. If you're going to be focused for more than one reason, it's not just focusing on that individual where we're mutually interested in the same things because we have a family and a focus, but it's also creating less distractions in a relationship where you should be both your kids and that other person. So Ron, what is your thoughts on timing for that? I would say now, I mean, I, yeah, like I kind of, I kind of prefaced that this is the first time I've really brought it up. Um, And so I, I mean, I'm getting a joint bank account. I'm sharing, I'm sharing monies you know, what's the difference? I mean, I, to me, it's the same. It's just, it's combining our lives. And so Nate, Nate, you brought up a really good thing real quick. Jay, did that answer the question though? Yeah, it did. I mean, I thought of the same analogy when you're talking bank account, you know, it's mm, whether right. it's social media bank, it's, it's about sharing and that open trust communication. If you look at the stats, it's one of the biggest reasons it breaks down. Right. And I right. think that that applies to social media, no different than finances. Right. Um, and you brought up, you kind of jogged a point. Um, so Nate, um, I completely understand where you're coming from. And so I think, I think it's hard, you know, sometimes when you're having a conversation with your significant other and you, you post something like, Hey, let's, let's combine Instagrams or do something like that. It can be perceived as, Hey, you don't trust yourself. You're trying to put in this uh, safety protection because you don't think you can be mature enough. And so for me, I think about my parents have been married since they were 20 and I've seen them go through like on the verge of being separated. And I think they have a great relationship. I think anybody that's been together for 40, you know, 30 plus years, they're going to have ups and downs. And so what I would, I would pose, you know, maybe just to think about, obviously I'm not pushing my ideals on you. um, But when you're in that low point and let's say it's something as harmless as an old friend getting in touch with Rachel from high school. And it has nothing to do with like seeking her out. It's just saying, Hey, but what if you somehow see that text and you're already in some low point and now there's this fight that breaks out and it's a complete misunderstanding. And it's all because, you know, there is that separation between social media accounts. 
I guess my point being is it kind of goes back to what Jay said is like the vulnerability. And so if you can limit that chances, because that guy isn't going to say, Hey, to Rachel, even if he's just a friend with a number that's not registered or whatever, if it says, you know, Nate and Rachel Christensen. Sure. Sure. And, and I, and look, I, I agree with Jay on, on the points that he made. And I agree with you on the points that you made. And I would say, for a specific time in a specific relationship. So right. I, I would right. I would counter that with, I wouldn't think that someone needs to have social media if they don't feel that they could, they could see that message from the friend from high school that hit us. So let's say Rachel did have a friend hit her up from high school. If I wasn't able in my lowest point to know that, Without breaking out into a fight, I went to Rachel first and had a, communi- a a conversation with her and had some type of dialogue on, hey, what's going on here? Not in a in a brash way, but in a way like, hey, I saw this thing, not really sure what it was, but what was it? And have the trust that the answer she gives me is the truthful tr- the truthful answer, then I shouldn't have a I shouldn't have a Facebook because I'm 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 putting myself. I'm, like you said, I'm, I'm setting myself up for possible failure or I am I am not taking the roadblocks that are going to be put in life that will possibly keep me from seeing things. So I rather than thinking of ways to block out the possible uh, inserts into our life that are going to be difficult, I would rather know that Rachel and I are strong enough together to, to hit any of those obstacles and still get through them, I guess. Okay. Luke, you got anything? Maybe we lost Luke. But like I said, I, I 100% hear where you guys are coming from. Absolutely. And I think there was a point in time in our relationship and then also just in my life And Instagram by myself because I was doing some of the same things that Corey was where I was looking at I had I had a feed that was filled with things that probably were not the right things to be looking at. And over time as I became more trustworthy and trusting of Rachel and as we got closer and then got engaged and married, those things did start falling. Same things and my mindset was different. Right. Now I hear you. I mean I, I think in all these conversations, you know, I don't think any, anything we say is an indictment of someone else's relationship. Um, oh, and not saying that you were yeah. absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got their own relationship and everything works differently. Um, and I think part of this is just kind of seeing um, other people's perspectives and kind of what goes into decisions and knowing that there's, there's multiple ways to have a, a really, really good relationship, which I think um, everyone on this podcast really does. So I appreciate the, the, uh, the thoughts. Luke, I know you dropped off. Yeah, you're back. Um, So I I don't want to spend too much time because I know we got some other stuff. If you want to kind of wrap it up with since you were kind of left off. Well, I I didn't hear what Nate. uh, To me, I think it it has it has to do with your mindset, right? So if you're going into a situation where you're perceiving or anticipating the worst, you can see anything and in your mind tweak it in a way to make it something that it's not. Um, I think it it ties back to that trust and depending on your relationship, uh, where you guys are, how strong you are, you know, sometimes that can be 
that could be the weak point that can allow those negative thoughts to come into your mind and allow things to spiral out of control. Um, it's all about communication, being able to to talk and speak freely and, uh, you know, just kind of working through those situations one at a time and, and having the strength to, to get through them. Uh, it's, it's something that me personally, I, I struggle with from time to time. Um, but being able to talk with Jenna and, and be able to, you know, kind of work through those situations with her, with her having the patience that she has, it, it definitely has helped me get stronger in that department. And that's what a relationship is all about, you know? Agree. Okay. Anybody got anything else to wrap it up? Start off heavy. Yeah. <laughs> You're <yeah>. not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's not going to exactly dial back with this next one. Um, so I kind of, I'll read the prompt. So I, I kind of wrote this question. Um, this is kind of a, I, this is my question. Um, it's not really personal, but something that I, I thought could spark some conversation. So um, what aspects of your 30 year old life do you find yourself thinking about the most, like really honing in on and saying, Hey, like, this is something that like as a husband or as a dad, like, like, I really want to make sure that I do this this way. Um, and something that is like a super high priority for you to do. For example, and I'll kind of kick it off. Um, one thing, and again, I'm going to preface most of this with what I say, because this is not an indictment of any other relationship. This is just something for me, I think, is best for me and my relationship. And uh, so I'll say it that way, because some, some people don't do this way. Um, so growing up, being an only child um, and being involved in year-round sports, I mean, pretty much my parents' schedule was my schedule. And so looking back now at it, and seeing kind of how they lived their life when I was in my, you know, young teens all the way through high school is they really didn't have, I mean, their relationship was on the ball field. Um, their relationship was dad was head coach, your mom was team mom type thing. And so one thing that I really want to try to change in my marriage is, you know, I think we'll probably, we've talked about three kids or so, right? I don't know where that goes, but that's a lot of kids to manage. And I expect they're going to have tons of activities. One thing that I really want to do is keep our relationship the highest priority. Mm. And I know that's a lot easier said, said than done. I've, I've seen Jay, you know, juggle a bunch of boys and doing all these sports and stuff. And so I know that I'm going to definitely struggle with doing that because I want to afford my kids all the opportunities to do everything they want. Um, but at the same time, I think that um, your kids, the, the love for your kids is unconditional. There's nothing your kids can do to make you not love them. And so for me, that's the reason why the relationship with your wife has to be number one, because that's something that if you're not constantly watering, if it's not growing, it's dying. Yeah. And I don't think you can say that the same for your kids. And so I think I really want to make my, my relationship with my wife a priority. And I don't want to say over my kids, but at least equal to, uh, and something I think about a lot. I, me personally, I think it has to be above your kids because I see a lot of people out here. Um, I'm in Phoenix, by the way. Um, there are a lot of people out here where the kids are gone and that love is no longer there. And the parents, they have no idea what to do because they've focused and put all their time, energy, and love into their kids. And like you said, they forgot to water that initial relationship that 
pretty much gave them everything that they have. So you can't you can't just neglect it. I, I think it it has to be number one because that love needs to be there when the kids are gone. So that love needs to be shown as an example to your kids as to what they should look for and what they should have, what they should look for in uh in relationships as well, if that makes any sense. Yes, it does make sense. Absolutely. This uh... one, this one's very. Uh, I, I mean, I like the lead-in that you gave, Ron, and I'm, I'm really interested in, in what Jay says on this one, being that he raised three boys and juggled it and has been, you know, keeping the the marriage strong for all, for 22 years, I think he said, and so I was yeah. an only child as well. And I only have one kid, but we've talked about having more. Um, something that I've heard from different people who have been in, in long relationships is similar to what you guys are all talking about. It's the foundation of the marriage is what <clears throat> makes sure that, you know, the kids can grow up in a home that sees love and then goes out and, and portrays love. And, and sometimes if if the mentality or the, or the thought process is to focus on the kids, then um, I kind of was just thinking about like military career. If all my work and all my effort and all my time is in the career, once I retire, who's there, you know, who, who's along the ride with me. If, if we're not doing this parenting thing together and seeing it in the same light, but then giving each other the, the 100% energy that, that we both need to each other, once those kids are gone, what are we left with? And so, I mean, you guys are the the way to get there is, is I don't know because I'm not I'm not even close to being in that that realm yet. But um, that's absolutely a goal. That, that's a good one. All right, Jay, poke some holes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to let everybody go through their deal, right? So this is uh, <laughs> this is one of those that I don't want to by any means seem preachy because. Uh, there's not right. There's the, the cookie cutter answer, which is you carve out date nights every week and you go spend a certain amount of time and that's putting things as a priority. It's more complicated than that um, because what you guys are all going to run into and some of you guys have kids already and they're about to have kids is life is about to get crazy. And what I mean that by that is your time management, you're both going to be running in a million different directions. And usually the quiet time is about nine, nine thirty at night when you finally get in bed. And by that point you're exhausted. So that's just a reality of the situation where I think this grows, where you guys become stronger as, as far as a relationship, putting the kids aside is making sure there's balance in that relationship. And what I mean by balance is it's not just going on a date night. It's does the other spouse. So let, let me use my example. I've got three boys coached all of them to a certain point, at least. So you're juggling multiple different teams at the same point. But I think where I failed along the way, and, and I had many hiccups and, and even relatively recent in the marriage, because there wasn't balance in what the other person was doing in that relationship. I may have been coaching. I may have been spending all that time in practice, but what is the other person doing while you're doing those things? Do, are they doing something value added? Are they the, the, the team mom? Are they setting up schedules? Are they working with other parents? That's the, where I would encourage you guys as you're entering into this coaching dad relationship 
is try to involve your spouse in the activities that you guys are focused in. Because I know, I'm sure this group is very athletic is my assumption. You're probably going to have kids that are in athletics or some type of, of groups. Try to both get involved where you both have a meaning to work towards making something better, not just one side of it, because that goes into mutual buy-in. Then you learn how to interact together. And it also creates a social environment that's healthy, not just solely focused on the kids, if that makes sense. No, I mean, it does. I mean, your, your situation is super unique in the fact that you've got three boys that are very boys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so Kendell, Kendell, she, she hangs with the best of the boys, but I can definitely see where you can get caught up kind of doing the boy thing and, you know, oh shit, you know, mom's been just tugging, you know, the equipment from practice to practice. What, where's her enjoyment in this stuff? But let me tell you that's So it's, it's all in phases, right? That, that doesn't change it today. I mean, for an example, like Hunter comes home, he's a college football player. When he comes home, guess what I want to do? I want to grab the sticks, play some golf. And I grab the other two and guess where mom is. So right. we've got to force him out on the golf course and mom's sitting home for five or six hours. You have to think and consider all those things before you're making decisions, right? Because long-term, you're isolating somebody. Yeah. So I would just really encourage you guys to think how that dynamic works is as you're volunteering, as you're working those extra hours, what is the other part of the relationship doing? Still carve out those nights, right? I, that is not a cliche. Carve out the night, whether you pay yeah. a babysitter, whether you have a parent that's close, make sure you do that. But it's more than that. It's what are they involved in where they feel like they're part of the team, not just supporting role only. Right. That's a good point. I think about that. Yeah, I think that's a – thanks for that, Jay. I think that's a good point where – so I think I'm the only one here uh, that's not in the military. I work in public accounting, um, which comes with pretty crazy hours, certain parts of the year, you know, 80 to 90 hours mm-hmm. a week, where I'm coming home, you know, it's midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm back at it at 8. And albeit for, you know, maybe three or four months total out of the year, if that, you know, maybe two – um, is there's a lot of time where I don't see my wife, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. she may see me for 15 minutes in the morning getting up and then she's asleep when I get home. And that has been, you know, with a kid on the way, a point of contention internally just for me. It's, you know, it's like, yeah, where I want to take my 30s is set my family up, you know, financially to retire, you know, a college plan for my son and and all the normal stuff. But that comes with a sacrifice, right? And so mm-hmm. how do I balance that to your point of working those hours and having that relationship with my wife while also now trying to handle raising a child? So I think that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I can offer there is never be afraid. Uh, I know this seems simplistic, but never be afraid to take like a sick day. Like, I mean, just a random sick day take a day of leave to go watch a ball game on a Thursday, go, go have a day drinking day, you know, yeah. on, a, on a Thursday, a Wednesday, like something out of the norm, because listen, I'm, I'm speaking this from not doing the right thing, not because we have done it right for 20 years, two years, because I've made these mistakes is you get into a role of five days a week. I'm going to work extra hours because I want to get to a certain goal in my life. And looking back, it caused some serious issues because I wasn't being, as spontaneous, both in relationship, all those other things to go, you know, that time is going to get filled by something. 
whether you yeah. think so, whether, it doesn't matter how strong you think you guys are, it's going to get filled by something. Well, yeah, and then you don't want you don't want the date nights to become a, a checkbox on the calendar. Like, hey, well, we we, we knocked out two, you know, it's like a task. Right? Yeah. We knocked out two yeah. date nights this week. Okay. You know, like I think that's where the spontaneous Thursday. And if you're not if you're not constantly keeping that as a priority, that's when you go, oh well, hey, you know, I I, ta- I did that task, like we did that, we have date nights, and it's like, no, bitch, you're missing the point. <laughs> yeah. Like it's we're supposed to, <laughs> like we're supposed to do things fun together, not just go on date nights. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, that's good. That's good. Um, did anyone have any? So I kind of told what you know the thing that I think about the most. Did uh, one of you guys have something that? Uh, you kind of think about it. it can be good or bad. I got a little something. Um, it kind of ties back to the conversation that we're having, but my biggest thing is just being more available. Um, I'm very like goal and results driven so I can find myself getting buried in the work or dealing with something at work and bringing it home. Like having that separation from work and family life it's huge. It's something that I, I try to work on. I try not to let that bleed over. Um, mm-hmm. And once I'm home, like I'm just, I'm, I'm present. I'm there for Christian. I'm there for Jenna. I'm in good spirits. And you know, I just, I don't want to create a toxic environment. Something that I saw growing up where, you know, me, my sisters and mom, we're all laughing and joking and then dad comes home from work. You can tell that he's pissed off and it just sucks the life out of the room. Mm-hmm. I got, that's something that I, I don't want to be. Um, so I'm mm. just putting forth, you know, my, my best foot to make sure that that's not the case. That so. is huge. Ron, yeah. can I inject one thing real quick on that? Yeah, of course. So your example is spot on. So there is a, an example that I will give you guys that sticks with me to this day. And I, I probably shouldn't air this out, but it's, it's a memory that sticks with me. So my parents got divorced a couple of times over my mom did my dad and I kind of a separated relationship, but there was a point at which a big birthday, a bunch of us traveled down six hours to surprise him for a birthday. And we hid in the corner of the living room and he walked in from a day of work he didn't know we were there, but his girlfriend slash fiance was surprising him for this birthday. And he didn't know we were there. And his first thing he said was, I hate my job. I hate my day. And we're all sitting there listening to this going, that is not the way I ever want to be walking in a door. I don't care if my kids are there. My wife is there because you're starting off that vibe wrong. And so Mm -hmm. to this day, like somebody said this, I don't know if it was a podcast or I read it somewhere is they had a simple thing they did every day. They walked home from work and it was, they would slap the entrance way to their house, like the door frame. And it was like time to, it was time to check in, right. It's time to check in time to, it's a different ball game now, right there. The work was one day. Now it's time to check into that home life. And you have to come with the mentality of it's a new day when you walk in that door and the attitude mm-hmm. that you present when you walk in that door, if you come with that same attitude, those memories and that attitude you set when you walk in will set the next four to five hours of your evening. And it's just, that is huge what you mentioned in terms of walking in the door and having the right mentality. Yeah. Well, I know, <laughs> I know all the men on this podcast and like, we're pretty, pretty uh, masculine men. And so I think, you know, as, as uh, men of the household, I think that, I I don't have kids, but I imagine, uh, you know, 
Luke or Nate, like you guys could change, you know, just like your wives, you know, can change the mood, right? You can equally change the mood when you walk in the house uh, just because you guys have such a big personality and, um, you know, you bring so much to the, the household. So I think, you know, that's big on, you know, I, when you said slap the door frame, it reminded like, you know, Notre Dame, like play like a champion. Yeah. So it's almost mm-hmm. like Absolutely. Mm-hmm. when you're walking in, you're like, hey, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's go some, time. Some days are, yeah, some days are harder than others, but it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you've got your other teammates, which is your family, your wife and your kids that are counting on you. And they don't really care if, if you know, what's happened. You know, they want you to bring your A game. Yeah. Check in. Sometimes it might check. be your B plus game, but yeah, check, check in. in. I like that. And I, I like I'll, that. I'll kind of throw one thing in here and, is involved in in what Jay said, what D. Luke said, kind of what everyone's talking about. But at any point in time, there's a give and take that can flip. It's like a seesaw, um, and that's what I have more recently come to realize, and I'm trying to be better at, and I hope to be better at as I continue on. But some days, Rachel needs more give from me than I probably realize or even understand because of either the day she went through or she just had the baby and I was at SOS or I just got back from a deployment or, or whatever the case may be. I may need two months of straight give. And so for me, that's a mentality of coming through the door every day, slapping slapping the, the side of the door and saying, okay, t- today and for the next few days, I know it's a give day. And then there are some days where we're up and moving again and there's a job transition or execing or you know moving every two years or something like that and and Rachel may have to give a little bit more and it's a take day for me so maybe I got to I need some love I need some pouring into and uh it took me you know maybe a year into the marriage and we had been together at that point for three years it took me maybe a year into the marriage to really understand that and get that and and realize like I can't just come home and and it's not 50 50 every day like, hey, you know, yeah. I did my job at work. You did your job at work. Now we both come home and we both just hang out. No, it's it's not it's not dating anymore. We're not engaged. You know, it, it's a little bit different. Like sometimes there's some and I probably should have realized that when we were dating, too. I guess now I'm thinking about it. But <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but like, hey, t- today's not about you. And it's only about her. It's not a little bit about you. It's only about her. And, and then some days it's like, OK, it is. A, it, it's about me today because of a- X, Y and Z. Or it's about me this week because we're in the middle of moving and I got late nights. And, you know, like Corey said, you got to work some long hours. OK, got it. But right after that baby's born. You know, maybe Corey has to do a couple weeks, a couple months, a couple years of giving to to even that thing out. So, Nate, when you walk into the door, like, how do you realize what kind of what kind of night you're gonna have? Whether it's give or take, do y'all talk about it, or is it just something that's understood based on conversation that you have? I think I think a lot of times it's it's the daily talk throughout the day. Um, yeah. You know, Rachel and I will typically have a, a two minute conversation sometime throughout the day and then some texts throughout the day and then, you know, a good 15 minute drive home type of talk. But, you know, there's the days where I hear Kennedy in the background screaming, crying, and I'm trying to ask Rachel about her day. And she's already told me she had a long, stressful day through text. And she says something like, you know what, I, I, let's just talk at home because... 
I can't deal with this girl crying in my ear and I got to get home and I got to mm-hmm. make dinner. And she peed on her, you know, she pooped her pants. So we, she has a different <laughs> outfit on, whatever. <laughs> and so I'm dad like, life. And, and then I, I know, okay, I'm going to get home and not whatever I got to do to get home. I'm in, I'm in full dad mode. Let me take the baby like a handoff. Let me do this. You don't got to worry about cooking dinner. Maybe I can just whip something up, whip you something up and then just sit here and listen. And, and, and not take things personal if if Rachel is not also asking me that was one interject this one that was one big thing for me (laughs) I was I would be like well I just asked you about your day you want to ask me about my day like sometimes (laughs) sometimes you don't need to be asked about your day and I I had I had to learn that I had to learn that so yeah the day the daily talk and sometimes it's just a vibe I guess yeah What's up, guys? Okay, so that was part one of what will now be a two-part series. Uh, I think I split it up and like right at the halfway mark, so part two will be another 45 minutes. Uh, we get into, uh, believe it or not, uh, more controversial topics than we talked in, in part one, uh, but hopefully equally as good. So I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in, and hopefully I will get the uh, part two out next week. All right, we'll see you then. No, no, we don't feel that. A fake friend where your real friends at we don't like to do too much explaining stories stay the same through the money and the fame cause we started from the bottom now we're here